You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie will match your first deposit by 50% all the way up to $1,000. Head to mybookie.ag and use promo code GATERS to activate the offer. Bet, win, get paid at mybookie. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. And joining me on this episode to preview the Vanderbilt Commodores as they work their way down and come to the Swamp on Saturday is Chad Bishop, Senior Editor of Athletic Communications for Vanderbilt at VUCommodores.com. Giving us a really good look at Vanderbilt and then the playmakers to watch out there for in the quarterback situation as uh, Vanderbilt uh, comes, you know, comes to the swamp as Florida's trying to bounce back after a loss to Georgia last week. Before we get to that preview, remember you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. You'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes there as well. You can catch uh, you can catch Gators Breakdown on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. When using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. And on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. Don't forget, every week, a News 4 Jacks exclusive, Talking with Troop, where former Gators tight end Ben Troop joins me this season only on News 4 Jacks and gives his thoughts on the Gators like only he can. And really want to get Ben's thoughts, of course, after the disappointing loss to Georgia last week and this Vanderbilt game coming up. Ben brings it every time, and you can catch that every week exclusively on News4Jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Chad Bishop, Senior Editor of Athletic Communications for Vanderbilt. Joining me here on Gators Breakdown to preview these Vanderbilt Commodores as they come into the swamp. Chad, thank you for joining me, man. Absolutely. Glad to be with a fellow Georgia Southern Eagle. Absolutely. We, <laughs> Chad, Chad and I figured out we graduated from Georgia Southern in uh, the year of 2006 at the same time and stuff. So I was on the TV media side of things. You were on the, the print media side of things. But uh, you know, kind, of, kind of weird uh, that uh, we come from the same place at the same time. Yeah, yeah, small world, who knew? But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, excited to be talking with you. All right, let's get into these Vanderbilt Commodores just a little bit. What's the what's the latest at the quarterback position? Riley Neal was the starter last week. Uh, come in, let us 11 plays, 77-yard drive to begin the game and capped it off with a 26-yard touchdown pass, and then he never returned. So uh, what's the latest on who may start at the quarterback position for Vanderbilt? 
Yeah, it's it's quite the uh, discombobulated situation for the Commodores. They, um, you know, a little background. They they started the year, uh, started the off season. They went out and got Riley Neal, a graduate transfer from Ball State, and Riley Neal put up very good numbers at Ball State in the MAC. Uh, and Vanderbilt's thinking was, you know, we we believe in his talents, we believe in his ability, and we believe with a, a better supporting cast on offense, he can pick up pick up right where Kyle Shermer left off. Uh, and that, that never really happened early in the year. Riley Neal didn't play terrible, but he, he didn't play great. Um, and the offense just really couldn't get going uh, behind really a makeshift offensive line and the new quarterback with Riley Neal. Uh, so they threw redshirt junior Deuce Wallace into the mix a little bit, but really the same problems. They really couldn't get the offense going behind either one of them. So in comes Mo Hassan, a walk-on who originally started his career at Syracuse before going to community college. Uh, had never, you know, really started or, or played a whole lot of quarterback at Vanderbilt. He comes in and he, he sparks the Vandy offense, and they beat number 22 Missouri, 21 to 14 at home. And everyone's thinking, um, you know, man, this this is it. This is what Vanderbilt's been looking for—a different voice in the huddle. But during the course of that Missouri game, you know, you can Google it or search on Twitter. Mo Hassan took a real vicious helmet-to-helmet hit and knocked him out in the third quarter of that game, and. Um, that was almost a month ago at this point, and he's still not back because of that concussion on that hit. Uh, so Riley Neal comes into the, back to the starters role, plays at South Carolina, and that offense looked great. And they marched right down the field in their first offensive position. He throws a 26-yard touchdown pass to Cam Johnson. But somewhere in that series, he took a, a hit to the head uh, and, and suffered a concussion of his own, and he didn't play the rest of the game. And, of course, the offense kind of went back to its, its old struggles so now going into this week, Riley Neal and Mo Hassan still doubtful, I would say, at this point uh, in that concussion protocol. I mean, even if they're cleared by Tuesday or Wednesday or even as late as Thursday, I'd be surprised if either makes the trip or plays. So you're down to Deuce Wallace, who we mentioned before, a Tennessee kid, a redshirt junior who did not play all of 2018, or Alan Walters, a former three-star prospect who has never played before for Vanderbilt. So it's a it's a very tough uh, recipe that Vanderbilt has been dealt going into this week, especially going into the swamp against a, a top-ten team. And Florida fans know all too well, no matter who's at quarterback, you know, this offense will probably be at its best if running back Keshawn Vaughn gets going. Great success versus Florida last year before getting injured. What kind of season has uh, he had so far uh, this year in, in this run game? He's had a great year. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if his numbers are going to end up being, you know, top of the charts. But what, what's impressed me about Keyshawn Vaughn is his ability to stay on the field a lot more than he did last year, his ability to break tackles, to run over people. He is earning every yard he's gotten this year. He has 790 yards right now. Um, I talked about the offensive line a little bit. They lost three starters from last year. One of those starters was, was just in school who is now starting for the San Francisco 49ers uh, left tackle. Um, and, and so Keyshawn Vaughn's kind of had to navigate his way around a new offensive line. And um, the second part of that is, is defenses with Vanderbilt's quarterback issues. You know, they're stacking the box and, and Keyshawn Vaughn is, is getting what he's getting, but they're making Vanderbilt's passing game and quarterback beat them. So it's the, the yards have been tough to come by for Keyshawn. I mean, um, you know, he's, he rushed for 87 at South Carolina uh, and I, you know, he had to scratch and claw and and really try to get every single inch of those yards. So, uh, you know, I think he'll have a good game at Florida, but 
um, that really hasn't been the issue for Vanderbilt. They, they need something to complement him, and they really haven't found the answers in the passing game to this point. And speaking of that passing game, leading receiver Kalaja Lipscomb was in uniform but didn't play last week versus South Carolina. And quote from Derek Mason, just working through some things personal, looks like he's available to go this week versus Florida. He is, and um, you know that was a new one for for me. Uh, and and talking to a lot of the beat reporters on the Vanderbilt beat, they had never really seen something like that before, where a young man, you know, goes to a game, is dressed, is in uniform, fully padded, uh, but never plays. And and the reason from the head coach is is quote unquote you know personal matters. And um, you know that's certainly none of our business. And whatever Kalaja was going through last week, he he seems to have rectified and is a full go. Talked with the coaching staff, and he said. You know, let's give it another try. Let's go down there to Florida, get back on the field. And he's coming off the heels of a senior bowl invitation this week. So I'm sure he wants to sort of, you know, make amends for his absence last week. I mean, he's definitely Vanderbilt's number one target. Uh, Another guy that, you know, is very physical. He has the speed at wide receiver, obviously, but he can break tackles and he can go up and make that tough catch. And Vanderbilt really, you know, sorely needs him and tight end Jared Pinkney to get going to, to really have any shot, not only in this game, but for the rest of the year. Yeah, has it surprised you, Chad, about how, you know, of course you mentioned the quarterback issues and, and what's going on there, and of course it starts there, but you, know, you mentioned, you know, Pickney and, and Lipscomb and Vaughn, you know, there's three solid, you know, skill players there for this Vanderbilt offense. Are you a bit surprised at how the offense has not really, I won't necessarily say taken off, but, you know, just kind of been held at guard at, at points this season? Yeah, I am. Um, and I think, you know, the reasons for that are, are probably twofold. One, we, we talked about Riley Neal coming in at quarterback, uh, and he, you know, never really took off uh, like they had hoped. And, and then the second part of that is, like I mentioned, the offensive line, and, and everybody kind of works together. The offensive line dealt with some injuries early in the year. They weren't playing cohesive and consistent. Uh, that didn't give Riley Neal a lot of time to throw the ball and find those big-time playmakers in the passing game. And like we said, while uh, Keyshawn Vaughn has got his yardage, uh, you know, he can't be the be-all, end-all for that offense. So it's kind of all worked together where it it just has never clicked for for whatever reason, whether it be whatever quarterback's in there or whatever defense they're going against. There were high expectations for this offense coming in. I mean, uh, those guys aren't just names. Uh, You know, Jared Pinckney in the preseason was projected to be a first-round pick as a, you know, as a big-time tight end. And Keyshawn Vaughn, and Kalijah Lipscomb, all three of them came back for their senior seasons, hoping to improve their draft stock and really, you know, put this offense on the map as maybe one of the best uh, in Vanderbilt history. And just, it's just one of those things that it's it's almost unexplainable. And that's how football sort of works sometimes. Everybody's sort of scratching their heads, looking for answers. And if Derek Mason and his staff had those answers, you know, they would be way happier than they are right now. But uh, just things have not gone their way injury-wise, and the offensive line didn't come along as quick as they had hoped, uh, and therefore the offense has just never really put up those big numbers everyone expected. Could it happen? I don't know. I mean, it could happen Friday or, excuse me, Saturday at Florida, certainly. Uh, probably not against Florida's tough defense, but maybe the following weeks against Kentucky, Tennessee, and East Tennessee State. But by that point, it, it may be too little too late. Right. Uh, Chad Bishop? Senior Editor of Athletic Communications for Vanderbilt at VUCommodores.com, joining us here on Gators Breakdown. Chad, this defense didn't start a senior for the third straight game last week versus South Carolina, and lately it's a defense that's kind of been hanging tough and doing well in the red zone recently. 
they've been playing great. And, you know, they took a lot of flack early on in the season. A lot of that had to do with playing Georgia and LSU and Purdue when Purdue had its full arsenal of offensive weapons before they were ravaged by injuries. Um, you, you know, they brought in a lot of grad transfers. Uh, they had some junior college guys they were counting on. Some of those guys have not played up to par, and some of those guys have been injured. And therefore, there's been a ton of young guys who have stepped into the lineup, and they've grown up. They really grew up in that Missouri game. And actually, I talked to defensive coordinator Jason Tarver about this, and he said he really saw things click in the second half of a loss at home to UNLV where he, he sort of saw his guys stand up and say, you know, enough is enough. Or, you know, we're not going to play this way anymore. We're, we're going to start to play better defensive football. And they've done that. Uh, unfortunately, like we talked about with the offensive issues, um, you know, it's kind of been that, that, that scale where one end is up and the other end is day, down. So while the defense has started to play a lot better, they started to tackle a lot better. They haven't given up those big-time explosive plays like they were doing earlier in the season. The offense has struggled, so therefore the defense has been on the field for a lot of snaps, a lot longer, a lot more drives. You know, and they've worn down. I mean, that, that South Carolina game last week, they had a goal line stand. They had a fumble inside the 10-yard line that they recovered. Um, you know, they had, they made some big defensive plays to keep Vanderbilt's offense and Vanderbilt as a team in the game. They just couldn't sustain it for four quarters. So I'd expect them to keep keep getting better. I mean, they're, they're a very young team. they got a lot of young guys on that side of the ball who, who are not tired at all, and that they're becoming more aggressive and attacking a lot more. And I've liked what I've seen out of them recently the last few games. And if this Florida offense is to have success, uh, where do the Gators need to attack this Commodore defense? Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. I, I think Vanderbilt's done a pretty good job on run defense, but I think you know what we saw last week at South Carolina was you know, the Gamecocks were able in the second half to start to pick up big chunks of yardage in the ground game, and that really opened the passing game. So I would ex- expect Florida to, to try to run the ball, and if you see the Gators get – you know, four, five, six yards on the ground early. I think that's going to open things in the passing game. Uh, not that Vanderbilt's secondary, you know, is, is the worst in the world, but, the, you know, they can be exploited if Florida is able to establish that run. I, I know that probably sounds elementary football, uh, but that's, that's really been the recipe uh, against this Vanderbilt defense. If, if you're watching Florida on Saturday and they're not able to get a whole lot in the run game, I think that bodes well for Vanderbilt because that defense will be able to adjust and, They'll be able to bring pressure on third downs and, and second and longs. Uh, and that's something they need to do because they got some guys who can rush the passer like LaShawn Polino-Bell, a junior college transfer, who, who's been great at getting in the backfield, and Elijah McAllister, who's really come on at linebacker. Um, you know, so it's, it, it, it's really, you know, pretty elementary like a lot of defenses. If Vanderbilt's able to get up there and stop that run, uh, they'll be able to sit back and really guard the pass. But uh, if Florida wants to have success, I think it really starts up front with opening some holes, getting some big chunks on the ground game, uh, and that'll open things downfield in the passing game and, and later downs in possessions. Yeah, the running game's been an issue for Florida this year, so you know, I, I think I, I may look for Florida early on to try you know, to pass the ball, soften up this Vanderbilt defense a little bit uh, as far as spreading them out with, with the passing game and then try and get the running game going. But uh, as you said, with what Vanderbilt did last week versus South Carolina, it will be interesting to see how Florida comes out and uh, how they attack Vanderbilt because they have struggled mightily, of, of course, last week versus Georgia as well, in establishing any kind of a run game. So, you know, who knows what they see on tape and how they how they choose to attack it to begin with? Yeah, I, right. I mean, there's always adjustments, right, week to week, and and that's a good point you bring up because I, you know, I thought that's what South Carolina tried to do a little bit 
um, against Vanderbilt's defense is, is really throw it early and often in, in the first half. And it didn't really work out, honestly. And, and it wasn't until the second half when Vanderbilt's defense started to sort of tire and wear down that South Carolina all of a sudden was running for five, six, seven yards a clip and really eating the clock and controlling possession. And then we're able to throw the ball down the field uh, to South Carolina's receiver, Edwards, who just had a monster game. So, yeah, I mean, you know, what game plan Florida comes out with, how Vanderbilt's able to adjust to all that. Um, to me, it's it's the, really the way that Vanderbilt's going to be able to have to win games the rest of the year is have that defense play lights out and keep Vanderbilt's offense in the game, give them a chance to score with maybe, maybe short fields or turnovers and hope the other team makes a mistake because right now with Vanderbilt's quarterback issues, they're really searching for things on that side of the ball. You know, last thought, Chad, before I let you go here, uh, what's the, uh, the the thoughts and, and talk about Derek Mason right now? Of course, you said you know, Vanderbilt not really uh, maybe not living up to quite the, the look or expectation many thought coming into this season, but I uh, did get that big win versus Missouri a couple games ago. So uh, what's what's the, uh, you know, uh, the thoughts and, and all that good stuff about Derek Mason right now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the thing that I would watch for, you know, SEC college football fans is, is Malcolm Turner is the new athletic director at Vanderbilt. Uh, and he's he's only been there about a year, a little more, a little less. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what direction he takes this football program. I think Derek Mason has Malcolm Turner's full support. And, and Malcolm Turner has gone on record and, and say, you know, a lot of people are, are real harsh on Derek Mason right now, but are is Vanderbilt as an athletics program giving Derek Mason the tools to win, the resources, the the money, the budget, the facilities? Maybe Vanderbilt should look at that first before they look at, you know, the results on the football field with their football coach. And I think Malcolm Turner is coming and sort of surveyed, you know, all the issues at work here, whether it's um, simply the players, you know, in the locker room or the coaching staff or the stadium and, and how that all kind of works together and what direction this program needs to, to go. I don't, I don't think it's a, a be all end all that the, the football coach Derek Mason's record is going to be this and therefore he won't be back next year. I think it's going to be a lot of factors moving forward on, you know, what Vanderbilt can do to help him succeed. And if Malcolm Turner thinks he's the right guy to do that, I, I don't think there's any question that everybody knows Derek Mason is a very good football coach and probably an even better man when it comes to, uh, you know, getting guys their education and getting them, you know, out of Vanderbilt and into the professional world and creating, you know, very fine, upstanding young men. Um, so I, I think the question for Malcolm Turner and Vanderbilt Athletics is, is what can we do to help him succeed moving forward? Uh, is he the guy we want moving forward? And, and let's try to kind of take all these factors in the offseason and, and see where we can go and where we can go. All right, that's the Vanderbilt preview from Chad Bishop, senior editor of athletic communications for Vanderbilt at vucommodores.com. Chad, man, I can't thank you enough. Uh, great look into Vanderbilt and uh, you know and uh, this team that's coming into the swamp on Saturday. Absolutely, look forward to seeing you guys this weekend. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with MyBookie. If you're the one who likes to bet a little to win a lot, then try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and get in the game. So right now, 
MyBookie will match your deposit by 50% all the way up to $1,000. Use promo code GATERS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today at MyBookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. Don't forget to use the promo code GATERS when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid at MyBookie. So as we heard, you know, it looks like Deuce Wallace is going to start at quarterback for the Vanderbilt Commodores. And it's going to be tough for the Commodores to generate enough offense to win this game over Florida. When Deuce came in to spell Riley Neal last week, Vanderbilt just couldn't get anything going versus South Carolina. Commodores finished with just 189 yards of total offense. 77 came on the first drive with Neal, and 87 of those total yards came from star running back Kashawn Vaughn. Wallace finished 8 of 17, passing for 30 yards and threw two interceptions. Commodores also finished just 3 of 11 on first down, on third down, 3 of 11 on third down. So now I expect it to be a bit better this week since they can now kind of build a game plan around the issues, but I don't think it's going to get too much better. And the Gators will need to replicate the run defense success they showed last week versus Georgia, uh, and that's going to be about, you know, that's going to be more about want to than anything else. I mean, yeah, I know Kashawn Vaughn killed Florida last season, seven carries, 56 yards, and one reception for a 75-yard touchdown. So, you know, eight yards a, eight yards a carry and, and one big play in the passing game, and all that was before he got injured in the game. So Gators defense must be ready to show up and play a physical game. And just some highlights here on Vaughn. He um, you know, led the Vanderbilt attack last week against South Carolina, uh, 98 all-purpose yards, 87 rushing on 20 carries, 11 receiving on two catches, um, and then 176 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns in the victory over uh, Missouri a couple games ago. So uh, second touchdown against Missouri came on a 61-yard reception, second longest of his career, his longest being versus Florida last season. Since the 2018 season, uh, the beginning of last year, Vaughn has scored seven touchdowns of 60-plus yards, that's the most among active FBS players. So an explosive player here, uh, as we know. So Vaughn has 790 rushing yards. That's fourth in the SEC. Six touchdowns. That's tied for seventh in the SEC on 151 carries this year. And as long as carries a 52-yarder against LSU. So pretty simple. You know, stop Vaughn and then a victory, a victory should be easy to come by. Uh, you know, this is the 115th ranked total offense in, in college football. Commodores have had to pass more than they've wanted to because of playing from behind, especially early on in the season. So hopefully that leads to some favorable situations for Grantham uh, as long as this defense can stop the run. We know the Florida defense lives off turnovers. Uh, and if they don't get them, then this game, then, then games can tend to be pretty close. Uh, Vanderbilt takes care of the ball. They share the uh, SEC lead and they ranked fourth nationally with only two fumbles lost. Uh, Commodore's offense uh, has just four fumbles uh, and you know four fumbles total, only losing two of those, but four fumbles on the year matching Alabama, Oregon State, Texas State as the lowest totals in college football. The team's nine turnovers lost is fourth in the conference and 21st in the NCAA. So they don't kill themselves, and, and that's one thing you know, I'll be looking for to see if this Gators defense can force some turnovers after not getting versus any versus Georgia last week. Now, this Vanderbilt defense does some good things, but overall it's not a great defense. 
114th in total defense. And the Gators should be able to have a nice day on offense in the swamp. And 107th rush defense Vanderbilt has, 98th pass defense. So this is a game where Kyle Trash should shine uh, and maybe a chance where the Florida run game could get going as well. Vanderbilt plays a little bit more man coverage and you know not really having the talent to do so, but that's just the style they play. Uh, and that should set up for you know for this Florida passing game to to take off pretty early. Uh, you know we discussed it with Chad, but that's kind of where I see this this Florida offense coming in. It's coming in, passing the ball, and, and kind of get off to a lead early. I look I, I look for Mullen to dial up some plays early on in the game and try and build a lead. Uh, Vanderbilt isn't going to be able to cover these Florida receivers, uh, I think, man to man. So I look for this offense to to start pretty pass heavy, get up a couple scores. And then try to get into a groove with the and try to get into a groove with the run game. Since Vanderbilt defense is, you know, it's not a defense that creates a lot of havoc on the season. Only 14 sacks on the season. That's good for 112th in the country. Only have 11 tackles for loss, which also isn't pretty coming in at 101st uh, there. So you know, we'll see what this Florida offense offensive line can bring to the table. Chris Bleich no longer with the team, so now you know Florida needs to figure out a rotation moving forward. You know, Richard Garage will see more playing time now. Probably start at left guard while Heggie moves over to right guard, and hopefully we get to see Ethan White get some reps as you know offensive line coach John Hevesy mentioned. He'll be the next player up in the rotation. So I look for Florida to, to to pass to set up the run, and then let this run game work out some kinks. Figure out this offensive line rotation. It may not be pretty probably won't be pretty at times but it's something that can be worked on in this game uh, if the Gators can build an early lead can the offensive line you know fire away against a run defense that gives uh it's gotten hammered for over 200 yards or more in three of the last four games so uh, Vanderbilt had an impressive showing versus Missouri a, a couple games ago uh, when the defense registered uh, a season best in points allowing 14 total yards allowed 293 and yards per play at 4.4, and yards per pass at 5.4. But that game seems to be more of an outlier than the norm. A couple players uh, to watch here for Vanderbilt on the defensive side of the ball. Safety Tay Daly established career highs with 12 solo stops and 16 tackles against South Carolina last week. Marked the team's highest tackle totals this year, and Daly posted his first career performance of double-digit tackles in Vanderbilt's recent win over Missouri two games ago. So he's coming into this game playing pretty well. Also, linebacker Demetri Moore put together his third straight double-digit tackle effort last week at, uh, at South Carolina, finishing with 11 tackles. Also matched his career high with nine solo tackles. So a couple players there not to keep an eye on that are, that are playing around the ball uh, a good bit for this Vanderbilt defense. You know, so maybe this is a game where Florida can get up quick, get the noon crowd into the game coming off the loss versus Georgia. Uh, fan base needs something to cheer about. They need something to cheer about early. This can't be like last year where the team comes out stagnant and flat. Uh, this offense will need to produce early to get the crowd into it, and I think help themselves get into the game as well. Come out with some fireworks, get everyone interested, and, and then coast from there. This doesn't need to be a game where you let Vanderbilt hang around. Uh, the practices will be tough this week. And I know it'll be tough for the players to get over last week, but you know what happened last year after losing to Georgia can't happen again, uh, like last year versus Missouri. So, all that said, I'm going to predict a 34 to 10 Gators victory. Vanderbilt is just a you know really bad team and and probably the perfect remedy for a Gators team that's hurting right now. 
Uh, Kyle Trask will have a big game early, and then I think we do see Emory Jones uh, get a, a good bit of playing time uh, and run in this run game get some work. As for the defense, this isn't Jake Fromm or Joe Burrow out there at quarterback. Nothing against Deuce Wallace, but he's not ready to, to beat this Florida defense. I know we're a little down about the defense from last week, but you know, this is where Grantham excels in, in facing quarterbacks like this and quarterbacks that uh, don't really you know, have a lot of talent, not a lot of experience. So, you know, some players will need to step up and fill in for Amari Bernie and Jeremiah Moon being out, but this really shouldn't matter versus Vanderbilt. Stop Vaughn and the Gators win this game. So, take a look around the SEC and other games of notes before we go here on Gators Breakdown and Western Kentucky visits Arkansas not much to look at there but that game is at noon the same time as Vanderbilt in Florida then the game of the week LSU and Alabama number two versus number three there in the college football playoff rankings so 3.30 so we head out of the swamp and I'm sure people will uh, get to a radio or get to a TV pretty fast uh, to check out uh, basically the de facto SEC West uh, well, it, it's for the lead in the SEC West we'll see uh, the winner of that game more than likely wins the SEC West but some tough games coming up uh, for both teams New Mexico State visits Ole Miss Appalachian State visits South Carolina then at 7 o'clock Missouri visits Georgia uh, you know, speaking of Georgia, you know, that's another reason Florida needs to play well versus Vanderbilt. You just never know what's going to happen here uh, there uh, with Georgia having Missouri, Auburn, Texas A&M uh, in, in the next three games. So, you know, Florida still there's still maybe some more to play for than, than, than you think right now. Uh, but we'll see uh, how Georgia responds after beating Florida last week. And then at 730, Tennessee and Kentucky. And then the ACC, Florida State visits Boston College without Willie Taggart. As he gets fired this past week in Louisville, visits Miami. So, everybody, thank you for, for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown as we took a look at the Vanderbilt Commodores. And, uh, you know, Gators need to bounce back. It's a chance to bounce back uh, before Gators travel to Missouri next week. So, hopefully, a you know, good showing in the swamp. Only two more home games. Only two more home games there. So, show up in the swamp, cheer on your Gators. I know it's a noon start. and not a lot of people were big fans of noon starts. I'm not one of them, but, uh, you know, go out there, support the team, and, uh, you know, there's not too many chances uh, to do it this year. So I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can follow me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.